Welcome to the Creative Warriors Podcast, the female heart and soul of photography. Welcome back. We are welcoming Susan. We're going to wrap up our last episode with her, and we're going to talk about the heart and mind or mindful heart and eye of photography. So welcome back, Susan. Thank you for having me again. I appreciate it. It's good to be here. Good to have you. What a joy it's been. Um, How would you describe or what does having a mindful heart and eye mean to you personally in photography? That's a good one. Um, Well, I would say having a mindful heart means being attuned to the human emotional aspect of your subjects or just really being able to convey their feelings and telling their stories through your images. I could think about it as being open to the beauty and the vulnerability and really the authenticity of the world as we're capturing it. So I kind of feel like that's what having a mindful heart means. In terms of having a mindful eye, it kind of makes me think about seeing the world with a keen eye for composition, light, color, texture, and interaction, excuse me, and the interaction of all those elements together is not just looking, but truly observing what it's like to be in the present moment. That's probably the best description I've heard yet. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. I love that. I might even steal the transcript of that. Sure. Yeah. So it's about seeing the emotions that are happening, us being authentic, and then paying attention to the details. And for photographers, details are super important, right? Exactly. About being open to the vulnerability of the moment and capturing the beauty and the authenticity of the world we're seeing in front of us. So it really comes from just like, being open and present. Yeah. Now with your experience, I can imagine that has, you have like a bigger view of that coming from photojournalism to, to weddings. I mean, there's so many emotions along that path Mm -hmm. that you've had to work around and with, right. And then you go into nature where it's you and an object or you in the sky or you in the, do you know what I mean? So now you're, you're looking more introspectively. So that really, to put it it introspectively, but also I do go into my mind, you're right in nature. I try and be present, but also I go into my mind a little bit, but I also go into a state of wonder, like awe and wonder. I feel like that's the one thing, like I went for a walk this morning with my dad in the woods and I was like, oh, Yes, I needed this, like just to be in a place surrounded by nature and green and colors and peace, you know, in solitude, my mind relaxes and I'm not feeling emotional about anything, but I'm actually feeling at peace with my surroundings. That is just really nice. And sometimes it's the little things. I don't know if you experienced this, but when you, you know, you're walking through the woods and it's the way the light is bouncing off the leaves. It's just those little things that just, they're just so amazing. And you, I mean, they happen all the time, but you're embracing that moment and seeing it and appreciating it. 
Exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. So my dad and I were actually mushroom hunting, which is a weird thing. No, but it's uh, my cool. dad's old school <laughs> Italian. So we're looking for the specific type of mushroom. So you're really honed in to looking at the base of these plants. And like, there's so many things we walk by base of the trees, actually. There's so many things we walk by every day, whether it's the moss or the little mushrooms growing or like the rocks collected in an interesting way. And every day we just skip on right by. We don't even pay any attention. But when you're in the flow of things or when you're looking specifically, I was able to find all this minutia, like the way the leaves collected, the way the light was pattern was coming across the forest. You know, you're able to really see things more vividly because you're actually fully immersed in your environment. Great. So... How do you navigate the balance between the technical aspects of photography and the more intuitive or emotional aspects of the art form? It's kind of a complicated question, but I think you know what I mean. So you're, yeah. you've got the heart, and the, the heart and the mind, the heart and the soul, you know, and then you've got the, okay, the shutter speed and the, obviously you're, you're good at it. So, and you've been doing it for years. So that helps. So I do feel like understanding the technicalness of your camera, understanding how to get a proper settings, so you're not overanalyzing what you're doing. When you have the camera and you just know, okay, this is a scene where I know the basic setup, you can just flow. And then you're over the camera and the technicality of it, and then you're actually in the presence of just looking and seeing to create. Using the iPhone takes away the technical aspect of it. You're able just to see and create using compositional tools and looking for light. It's like an easier way to find that situation that you're looking for. And and I recommend doing that to take away all the technical stuff. Don't think about the settings. Just look for the composition to look for your subject to find that, that, that scene that you're connecting with and then bring out the camera and start thinking about the things that you need to do to get a proper picture. But hopefully with the practice that you get, you're able to to do those technical settings quicker and then just be in the state of flow of just capturing. Okay, so you buy a new camera, different platforms. Say you were on Canon and now you're on Olympic and now everything is in a different spot. Um, What do you do to help you overcome that learning curve so that you can be in the right spot when you're out in the field. Do you have a, like a method for that? Sure. I would say first take it out and set it all up at home and watch a YouTube video. I feel like watching a YouTube video of someone explain every button, like, yeah, I'll take up 20 minutes of your time, but it's quicker than you navigating and fumbling through and the, the that camera. 500 page manual. <laughs> yeah. A, you're never going to pick up that manual. But B, watching the YouTube video, you kind of get this crash course on your camera and you can learn all the cool things that is different than your last camera. I'd be like, oh man, I could do double exposures or I could do all these things. So invest the time earlier on so you're not wasting your time when you're on location. Good, good advice. Good advice. I think I've done that several times <laughs> it is helpful to know what's possible you may have to hunt for it in your menus right. you know after where the heck was that you know multiple exposure in camera you know where was it i forget right but you right. find it because you know it's there right yeah even with the olympus camera they have your aperture ring is on the lens 
it's like a strange thing like who puts the aperture ring on the lens you have to like push out the lens and then you can change the aperture i was like searching i'm like i don't understand this camera how can they not adjust your aperture and it's so silly that it's just the silliest little thing that they can adjust but then you have no idea where to look for it so it's important oh yes i know it can be frustrating with the canon the rf system every lens moved it in a different spot so because it has the aperture you can set it to be whatever you want so if you don't want it to be that you can change it but it's that ring, that control ring is in different spots on every lens. And you're like, could you at least pick one spot and be consistent? <laughs> sure. It's in the front. It's in the head. I'm like, on me. <laughs> Just go out with one lens and you don't have that problem. <laughs> Until you think about the other lenses that you would have used if you would have only brought them. I know. I try not to do that. Yeah, I know. It's, it's good. Don't do that. Yeah. I just try to embrace, okay, this is what I got. So what I have with me, what can I find And that's a really healthy mindset is saying, okay, I'm not going to think about what I didn't bring. I'm going to think about what I have here. And yeah, it's a great scene for a wide lens, but I only have a telephoto. But today we're doing telephoto shots. <laughs> yes. Saves a whole lot of that energy for creativity instead of sitting there beating myself up over the fact right, that I right. didn't want to carry that giant lens today. <laughs> right. right. So how does your personal connection with nature influence the way you approach your photography work and the message you aim to convey in your images? So mm-hmm. I can tell you're very deeply connected to the environment and 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 nature. It comes sure, across totally. very strong. I have to say when I'm in nature or even just traveling, I have to say traveling and nature go hand in hand because you're outside your norm. Like any, like even just going to, you know, a new town or traveling to the Southwest, you're putting yourself in an environment where your senses are on guard. You're like, oh, look at all these things. Everything's a first. Anywhere where you go where it's a first experience, it's like awakening and all your to-do lists and all your like things that are in the back of your mind constantly buzzing kind of soften and you're actually able to be present. So when I'm in nature, when I'm traveling, I have a deeper connection to the environment. And also the subject that I'm trying to capture. Like when I'm in nature, I totally feel immersed. I do this technique where I sit there and and I do this on my workshops too. I say, okay, guys, let's take a moment. And I say, first, I want you guys to look around and tell me what you see. And everyone will list off, oh, I see the mountains. I see the river. And then I say, okay, close your eyes. And they say, I want you to tell me what you guys hear. And we hear birds, we hear the river, and every kind of listens and, and tells me what they hear. And then I say, okay, I want you guys to tell me what you smell. Let's breathe in some fresh air. Oh, the flowers or the river. If you're in New York City, you say the dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly, I say, what do you feel? And then this is when it gets really interesting because everyone will say something a little unique. It's not the, you know, I feel at peace or I feel like, you know, happy, you know, so it's good to go through that because in that moment, you're making this mile marker of I'm at this trip at this location. And this is my little bubble, like my little time capsule of my feelings, my emotions and my senses and try and like make that happen at least a couple of times in a workshop. So people are truly present and they capture what they're experiencing with their soul instead of their camera. I love that. Do you have like a name for that like exercise or? Um, let's name it right now. 
Yeah. Uh, let's say soul capture. Oh, I love it. I'm writing that one down. That is really cool. Upgrade your experience with our premium subscription. Enjoy exclusive features, enhanced content, and seamless extended interviews. Elevate your enjoyment and personal growth with our premium subscription today. If you enjoy the Creative Warrior podcast, the female heart and soul of photography, please like, subscribe, share, and comment. Thank you. All right. So that kind of leads into my next question. So when you're um, when you're out in your because of your experience, you kind of can answer this really neatly. At least I believe so. How do you capture the essence of a person or a place in your photographer? Is photography is the question, but you have both. You have captured the essence of people, you have captured the es- essence of nature, and you've also captured the essence of light in a completely different way. You know, photography is light painting, right? But you have taken that to a whole new level. So, the essence of something is a deeper thing than just the object itself. You know, it it takes into your photograph and makes me feel what you're sharing. So how do you personally work to achieve that? Well, that is a great question. Um, I feel like there's always something that draws you in, whether it's the location or the person. If it's the person, it helps to get to know them. Like on our conversation here, if you're going to photograph somebody, it's great to start by asking them questions, break that barrier, gain their trust, find some common interests. So now you're actually talking at a more personal level, learn what makes them happy, and then start taking pictures of them. Look for that smile or actually help create that smile or that grin that looks natural. And you're helping to unleash who they really are. So I feel like to get a sense of somebody, you need to get to know them a little bit better. In terms of places, I mean, I can't just make a mountain smile. I wish I could. But I like to kind of take a step back and capture in three different ways. I start off by capturing with a wide, wide angle, if I'd say, or, or capture the whole scene altogether, capture the environment, the whole experience. Then I'll try and do like a halfway shot, like a mid, mid, mid uh, capturing shot like mid-range where I'm actually capturing the object that stole my focus so let's say if this was a mountain scene there was a little house on the prairie and I say okay that's the part that really captured my attention let me kind of crop in on that or zoom in on that and lastly I'll go in for that final element like the the element that is the smallest little detail like, okay, this is like something that's only identifiable by this spot. Maybe it's just a detail of the house. And I like to tell it by capturing the why, the medium, and the, and the close-up of an area to try and capture the essence of it. You know, tell the complete story and break it down in all these different elements. And like, first you can do it by just doing those three shots, but then really look for the spots that have the best light or the best composition and kind of work those different angles that's how I approach most of my scenes. And that's how I try and capture the essence of it. Yeah, that, that sounds like a very storytelling type of um, a, right. approach to photography. How did you develop those skills? Was that part of the photojournalism? That was part of what you learned during that? Or 
I think it's just come, I think photojournalism definitely helped, but because it's like, well, you know, when you're, when you're telling the story for the newspaper, you're like, well, do they want the whole scene? Do they want just the important story? Or do they want the detail? So knowing that you had to collect all three of those things to make it a full story helped, including on the wedding day or including on like uh, any, any type of portraiture, you know, you're trying to tell the essence. So I think it's just... Um, a process I've developed and continued throughout my career that probably, you're right, did start from that photojournalism days. Yeah, that that's one of the things I know I'm working on is that whole being able to tell the story, not just capture the moment, you know, because there's always way more than just that one moment, you know. Right. And that's and a neat skill. And adding the human element into your landscapes is like a next level for me. Like, I love capturing the landscape as is, that's beautiful. But now if we add a human element, it tell, takes the story, now makes it more personal because you're adding something that you can identify with. So where there's like that the cowboy perspective, the exactly. scale perspective, yeah. Scale and perspective, storytelling. Like I did this whole photo shoot of his barn and it was a light painting series for a b &H. It's called the B&H Light Painting Masterclass. You can find it on YouTube for free. But what was great about it is we started off with the barn, we showed what it looked like, we added colors, then we added the angle of light was interesting to create shadow and texture, and then we added a cowboy smoking a cigar so or cigarette, and we backlit him, and then we lit him in all different angles, and you could tell how the story would evolve just by adding light at different angles. And you like don't even realize the power of angles and textures and shadow, you know, shooting into the shadow side of someone's face versus the broadlit side of someone's face really will tell a different narrative. So uh, it's interesting to think about those things when you're creating, because normally we just do with what's in front of us. You know, oh, that's easy. We got it. But then when you take a moment, say, OK, I got the foundation. Let me add something or let me take away something to create something more interesting. Now, I wonder if your work with portraits has helped you in the light painting because you do learn a lot of that. You know, you use a black card to subtract and a white card to add. So fill light and, you know, so you've done a lot of that work when you've done your portrait work and your, and your wedding work. So has that kind of just added to that? Was that additive? Sure, I think so, because I know how to light a subject and I know how to now make it more cinematic. It's interesting. I use the word cinematic because in a way it's like a movie set when I'm doing my light painting because we're adding all the lights and it becomes like a scene instead of just like a set, you know, like it's just like a photo set. It could be a photo set, not just a movie set. But um, I think learning all those qualities of light of how to make a person look a certain way from doing portraiture is definitely translated into doing this light painting. Neat. Interesting thing when I live in a real small town and they, a lot of movies have been filmed here because it looks like it could have been, you know, hundred years ago, certain wow. streets. <laughs> so they, it's an attractive place. So what fascinated me when they first, when I was around, when they did the first movie was they actually filmed at night because mm. they could control the weather and the light better than they can control it in the day because the clouds go over and things get dark. So I didn't even know that. I mean, I was like, man. So it was just interesting to me that now that's kind of what you're doing, but with photography, you're controlling the light rather than. Yeah. Totally. And totally. Oh, I then check that class out. Yeah. Yeah, you should. <laughs> it's well, four, four part series where I even go into editing how my light painting. So 
it was such a blessing to be able to do that class for our being Asian. So fun to have like a film crew. And we went upstate and we went to New York City. So we did a light painting class in New York City and then also in the middle of nowhere upstate. So you could tell the difference of different styles of light painting with ambient light versus no lights. It's fun. So what impact do you hope that your photography has on others? Ooh, that's a good one. Well, I really hope that my photography inspires people to go from just taking a photo to making a photo, like to use their own vision, to use their own light and and creativity to create something unique. Like my goal as a teacher is to show people that they have the tools they already have to do this creativity. And that's what I do in a lot of my workshops is saying, you can do all this stuff with just a simple flashlight and a piece of plastic and some parchment paper, you know, and some glow, some glow sticks, you know, and I want to make sure you guys feel like you can achieve these kind of creativity just with what you have already. So you don't need to go buy any fancy light painting tools. You don't need to buy any new tools. You have it in your palm of your hands. It's just the act of experimenting and trying some stuff out in the dark. You know, I want to plant these seeds that grow into amazing images. So the impact I have is just really to inspire people to go out and, and, and do something a little bit different and really unique and also to put their fingerprint into their picture and to make it their own. I like that. Yeah, that's a neat, um, definitely a neat way to share. You know, it's not just about you, which I really appreciate. That's that's nice. Um, what do you feel wh when we talk about these subjects about being, you know, you know, the emotional side, the detail side? Um, is there a personal experience that you had or a story that illustrates the importance of this, of being, you know, soulful or mindful in your photography? Do you have any illustrations or an example where it really helped you achieve something in your work? Hmm. A specific example. I feel like a lot of the work I do is, is like trying to be in this state of flow. Like I feel like when when I'm light painting, I'm a different person. I am in the flow of just creating. It's like this experience of just doing something, looking at the reveal. And that's probably one of the most fun parts of this type of photography is that you, at the end, you don't really know what you created and then it's revealed to you at the end. And it's removing from one image and thinking, how could I change it and perfect it? And it becomes this like idea of creating the perfect image and working in the state of flow where you just like keep moving. And it's great to have a team like the model gets involved and the other light painters get involved and we're all working cohesively in this present moment of just pure creation. And I feel like, yes, you can do this with all types of photography. I only kind of talk about light painting because for me, it's the most personal and the most artistic that we're creating something from nothing. But it's also the one where I find that people find the most joy, again, because they're not just taking pictures of a pretty landscape. They're actually putting their own like uh, mark in it, like they're doing their own little thing to make it unique. And people and photographers get so much joy out of it. And, and even just people who are just trying it out for the first time, like my mom will jump in and she has so much joy and wants to continue doing it. It's just the art of creating is so beautiful. So I feel like that's when I really feel like I'm having 
mindful, heart-filled moment is when we're all in the state of flow of creation and pursuing this passion of getting this great image and, and creating together. I like that. Do you have any personal um, like goals or certain directions you want to take your own photography and your own, you know, the business of photography? Do you have, do you have anything like that you're putting in front of you that you want to mm. attain? Totally. I have so many goals. <laughs> I like I would like to do like a course or or something that is something people can watch as as a workshop leader. You know how it is when you're not leading workshops, I'm not making any money. So I want to do something that is something that something people can look at when I'm not working. So I can be doing other things. So I want to create a course that has either to do with night photography or light painting to include women to really focus on women because I feel like we're this like small market. Night photography is mostly men, you know, if you look at a lot of these things. So I'm so happy to be part of this powerful women group that love to go out in the dark and create. So I'd like to create some sort of organization. I have a couple of really fun names for them that involve women in night photography and also just light painting in general. I'd like to create a course online and do some stuff with that. And also I'd like to be able to do um more workshops I, I do them like every month or every so month but just something that's more consistent and uh, I mean I, uh, I just feel like there's always so many ideas you know could go a mile a minute about all these ideas of just inspiring people and um I don't know more ways to get them and inspire more people is really my my most goal and then also to be, feel financially stable by doing all of that it's always a goal too <laughs> yeah I mean if you're worried about finances then all of this becomes harder you know it's harder right. to be creative when you're worried about finances and those are real you know right. we all have to pay electric I mean you know those are just real things but so you know I get it <laughs> right so it's just thinking it through as photographers we're saying there's a beauty to the art of this what is financial element so I feel like for me, I'm an artist first and a business person second. So coming up with the business aspect of making everything feel like I can just be financially free and having my business work for me, ultimately, that would be the goal. Right now, I'm working for my business. You know, I love what I do, but I'm working for it. Yeah, yeah. And th and that's okay too, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right, you get one more question for you for this episode. So can you share any concluding thoughts on the importance of maintaining that sense of being mindful, being, you know, heartful, soulful in, in your work and, res and respectful in your, in any kind of photography, actually, it doesn't have to just be nature, but would be your last piece of advice for that we haven't shared already that, um, would be good for the audience? Well, I think we're all gifted with this opportunity to capture moments in time. And by doing so, we are freezing these moments. What good are these moments if we're not actually experiencing them? So these photos are great to look back on and say, wow, was I there? But really, it's amazing to think back, wow, I was there and remember the moment of actually experiencing it and not just live through your photos. So, 
just say it's important to look past the lens into the moment to see the sunset with your own eyes and create a memory in your mind, not just on your memory card. And to do that process, to do that soul experience where you see, hear, breathe, and feel the environment around you. And just take that moment to say, I captured it for my soul. Oh, I love that. That was absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. All right. We are wrapping this up and we thank you so much for joining us. You have really given us all kinds of insight. We got some B&H. Um, Masterclass. YouTubes to watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of great stuff. So wonderful. Thank you for joining me and thank you for sharing your insights and your wisdom with the audience. It has truly been my pleasure. And thank you for challenging me with these great thought-filled questions. You really are a great host, Ariel, and I appreciate your time. Well, thank thank you. you very much. One more question, Susan, before you go. Tell us a little bit more about your workshops. I lead workshops all around the world. We chase light from sunrise to sunset and even under the stars. And we don't just capture pretty landscapes. We create unique photo experiences. We bring models. We light paint with drones. We teach you how to capture it all, whether you're using your smartphone or the latest and greatest camera. Our workshops have been called a trip of a lifetime. And we like to do workshops that involve everything from daytime photography to nighttime photography. Some of our upcoming workshops include light painting in ghost towns of Nevada, shooting mountains and valleys from the highest refugios and the Dolomites, going on photo safaris in Africa, capturing architecture and cityscapes in New York City, chasing the stars in the Alabama hills and the eastern Sierras, exploring the castles and churches of Slovenia, chasing the fall colors in Acadia, Maine, and celebrating the new year in San Miguel de Allende in Mexico. I also lead private tours. So if you ever are interested in going somewhere or learning something special, I lead one-on-one -on -one sessions. So if you feel like joining me on an adventure and learning about light painting or photography, reach out to me. My website is photoradventures.com. And on Instagram, you can follow my journey at Susan underscore McNano. And I look forward to seeing what you guys create. So thank you guys for joining me. And I hope to see you guys on an adventure. If you enjoyed this podcast, The Creative Warriors, The Female Heart and Soul of Photography, Please like, subscribe, share, and comment. Thank you for listening to the Creative Warriors podcast, the female heart and soul of photography. See you next episode.